0: Look with me in Ephesians, the fourth chapter, and 1 Corinthians, the eleventh chapter. Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 11. And we've been talking about discerning the body of Christ. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter... Ephesians chapter 4, and why don't you mark both of these places because we'll be going back and forth between them in in all likelihood. In Ephesians 4 verse 15 and 16, it says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. And also looking with me now in First Corinthians, that eleventh chapter, and the 20 verse, the latter portion of the verse talked about the fact that these people at the church at Corinth were not discerning the Lord's body. In other words, they weren't understanding the Lord's body, didn't have a proper sense of the body, one translation says. And verse 30 said, For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep, or many have died prematurely. And we see here that many in the church at Corinth had been affected adversely. They were weak, sickly, many had died prematurely. And he tells us the reason why is because they did not properly and rightly discern, which means to see and understand and perceive, the body of Christ. Now, we said to you that the first application in context here is that they were not realizing what the bread of the communion stood for that they were taking. So you need to read the whole passage. See, that bread represents the literal, physical body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And his body was broken, amen, for us, So that ours could be whole, by his stripes we are healed. So first and foremost, you need to understand that he he is talking about discerning the literal, physical body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a key to you receiving healing and health, isn't it? And walking in health. We're talking about healing and redemption, basically, is what you're talking about. By his stripes we're healed. He took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. But there's also an application here that we need to discern the church. We need to discern the body of Christ. We need to see and appreciate and recognize and treat properly the other members in the body of Christ. And if you don't see and perceive and understand properly the body of Christ round about you, that can hinder you from being healed and it can open the door to problems in your life. So we talked about Monday, we talked about having a body mentality The Bible said over in Romans 14 that no man lives unto himself, no man dies unto himself. You are not just an entity unto yourself, and you don't need to have the mentality, well, it's just me and Jesus. No, thank God it is you and Jesus, but you are part of a body, and you don't live unto yourself. You have to get a revelation of the fact that you are an integral part of many members that make up the body. And it's not enough for you just to seek. well, I'm going to get my life together and I'm going to have victory in my life and that's all there is to it. No, no, no. You are a part of many members. Amen. And unless we learn to work together and unless we learn to to receive from one another and minister to one another and learn to all find and feel and function in our places, our respective places in the body of Christ, we'll never reach our full potential. We'll never attain to all that God has intended for us to And so we went over to 1 Corinthians 12, and Tuesday we talked about body placement, how that each one of us is placed in the body. The Bible says that God has set the members in the body as it has pleased him. We talked about the fact that you don't decide what your place is in the body of Christ. You don't just choose, well, I'm going to be this, or I'm going to be that, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to do that. No, God puts you where He wants you to be. It's not up to you to choose. It's up to you to find out what God has already foreordained you to be and do. Amen. And not only does He place you in the body of Christ, but He also places the other members that are round about you. And He ordains the connections or the joinings between one member and another. And this is so essential and so important to your well-being and theirs. We were talking about the fact that, you know, relationships that God blesses us with and allows us to have are not just coincidence or accidental. God brings people across our path and brings us across their path. And God joins people together. Amen. He joins people together. We talked about the fact that you can join yourself to people and it not be God. And then we talked about the fact that God knits people together. Amen. And when he does, he does it with a purpose. And usually when you're hooked up with somebody like that and God knits you, I mean, it's for a long-term situation. Amen. And go with me now to Colossians, if you would, the second chapter. Let's reread a verse of Scripture that we studied yesterday. And I want us to continue talking today about body ministry. But in Colossians, the second chapter, verse 19 had said that some of these people had gotten into all kind of things, even into angel worship and those kind of things. And verse 19 says they were not holding the head from which all the body by joints and bands having nourishment ministered and knit together increaseth with the increase of God. Now that's a similar thing as what was said over in Ephesians 4 that we read, but let me read this to you in other translations. Another translation says this. It says, From Him, from Jesus, the whole body, by the joints which bind it, draws full supplies for all its needs, and is knit together and increases in a godly growth. Listen to another translation. For from him the body, in all its parts, nourished and strengthened by its points of contact and its connections. Amen. Now, do you see what he's saying? He's saying that the source of life comes from the head, but it comes through other parts of the body to get to you oftentimes. We talked about that if we wanted the hand to move, the head is the one that gives the directions. Isn't that right? But the head doesn't just direct the hand through the air, does it? I want my fingers to move, and there isn't an impulse that just goes straight out of my head into my hand. It comes through my neck, that from the head, through the neck, through the shoulder, Through the arm, through the elbow, through the forearm, through the wrist, into the hand. Isn't that right? And so it is coming from the head, but it's coming through other, many other members of the body to get to that part. Amen. And we need to understand that God has ordained to supply so much of our needs. Through other members of the body. He's ordained it that way. Now see, sometimes people, they want to eliminate all of these things. They just want to say, well, I can just get off just me and Jesus and get everything that I ever need. Just me, I just get it straight from the Lord and that's all I need. Wrong. I said wrong. Wrong. Yes, you have a personal relationship with Jesus. Yes, He will minister some things to you directly. But there are many things you cannot get like that because God won't give them to you like that. He has ordained that they be ministered to you through others. And if you won't receive it from them, you just won't get it. Amen? You understand what I'm saying? You know, I remember when I first, when the Lord first began dealing with me to, uh, to come out here to Bible school and go to Rhema. Different ones tried to talk me out of it. And different ones came and said, well, you know, God's everywhere. Why do you need to go out there? You ever heard anything like that? <laughs> what, what do you need to go out there for? God's here. Well, yeah, he is there. You know, why, why do you need to go? Well, I didn't know. But thank God I had enough sense to know He was leading me to go, so I went. Amen. And see, God joined me to this part of the body. Amen. And when He did, when when I was joined to that, then it opened up a supply to me that has nourished me and fed me and allowed me to increase and grow beyond my wildest imaginations. Are you listening? If you'd asked me about some things that I would have known and would be doing 15 years ago, I I couldn't have fathomed what God would have done for me and and blessed me and and even allowed me to be a part of. I wouldn't even have fathomed it, you see. But because he got me hooked up where he wanted me to be hooked up, and he could begin to flow a supply to me through other members of the body. Through Brother Hagen and Pastor Hagin and all the instructors at the school and all these things. See, there was a supply that nourished me and fed me and caused me to grow and help me. Amen. And I know that God hooked me up to this area and I'm going to protect these bonds. I'm going to protect these joinings because there's not just a supply for a few days. There's a supply here for as long as I'm alive. Are you listening? See, when God hooks people up, it's not just for a few days. Amen. Amen. When God joins things together, there's a supply there. Now, let me just say this before we go on. You know, that's the reason why a lot of people haven't grown the way that they should. Is because they, they didn't follow God's direction. They didn't hook up where God told them to hook up. Or some people did hook up, but then they unhooked. A while back, let me say this to you, try to explain it differently, this has been a few years back, I was studying, preparing, I'm privileged to teach here in the school also, and I was preparing on some courses to teach the Bible school students, and I was doing some research, and I was studying some other things, and I was studying some different materials from different groups, different areas of thinking, you see, you're supposed to be Christian, but still, different, you know, different camps, philosophies, and Just had a lot of questions and wasn't really settled in some things. And I got to praying about it. And you know what? The Lord spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice now, but I knew in my heart what he was saying to me. He said this to me. He said, go back and read Brother Hagin's books. Amen. Now, I had read them more than once, you see. But he said, go back and read those books. And this is what he began to teach me and talk to me. He said... Brother Hagin's ministry and this Rama and Kenneth Hagin Ministries is not the only ministry that's doing anything for me in the earth. There are a lot of good ministries. And I have a lot of good people and a lot of good ministers. A lot of good churches in the earth. You know, we need to be careful about getting the mentality, we're the only ones that's got it. Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. And people do. They kind of get a superior feeling about some things if they're not careful, you see. Whatever. Well, ours is the best church. Ours is the best. Ours is the best. Well, it might be the best for you. But if you say mine's the best, then everybody else's has to be second rate. Did you hear me? I, I prefer to say it like this. One of the best. See, and that leaves room for yours to be one of the best too. Isn't that right? Now, you ought to believe in whatever you're hooked up with. You ought not to be ashamed of it. You ought to be able to say, well, I believe ours is well." You know, I can say emphatically, I believe our church here at Raymond Bible Church and, and the school here at Raymond Bible Training Center is absolutely one of the best in the world, bar none. Amen. But if I say, well, we are the best, that leaves, that leaves no room for anybody else. Everybody else is second rate. And that's not true. I said, that's not true. Amen. Are you listening? Are listening? But the Lord began to speak to me and he said, Now there are a lot of good ministries, besides Brother Hagin's ministry, a lot of good churches, a lot of good, you know, a lot of good things going on, a lot of good people that love me and are serving me and working for me and doing a good job. But he said, I joined you to that ministry. He said, I could have joined you to any of these other ministries if I had wanted to. But I didn't. I chose to join you. To that ministry. That didn't mean that ministry is better than every other ministry. It just means that was my choice for you. And for you, that's the best thing. For you to be involved with. And so the reason I sent you there and joined you to that is because I wanted you to get that supply that is there. And I want you to get what is there. I want you to get what's in those books and what's in those tapes and what's in those classes. I want you to get that. How many of you don't get that just by reading them one time? Or or by hearing it preached a couple of times? No. You've got to stay hooked up to it. Yeah. And I'll be frank with you, that's what has happened to some of our, even some of our alumni and some of the people that have been hooked up. They didn't stay hooked. They left. You don't see them back for years. And then when they show up, they're behind. Are you listening? That's right. They're behind. Behind spiritually. Because they hadn't kept their connection, and they hadn't kept a continuous supply flowing to them. See, you're not an island unto yourself. You don't live unto yourself, and you don't die unto yourself, the Scripture said. You are hooked up to other parts of the body, and if you don't recognize that and rightly discern that and allow that flow to come into you, and then you also have a flow to it, amen, both naturally and spiritually, Then if you don't keep it and maintain it, then you're going to be deficient. It's going to cost you. I try to tell the students that come through that, you know. I tell them, you know, know, I realize that when you leave school and you go out, maybe you're starting to work or something, you you can't come back for everything. A lot of times your money's tight and whatever, you can't come back for every meeting and every seminar. We understand that. But on the other hand, you don't go years without coming back. Unless you're foolish. I said, unless you're foolish. Amen. You just don't do it. Because God has joined you and hooked you here, and there's a supply of the Spirit to you that is essential. Not just helpful, essential. Do you understand what I'm saying? Essential. I know of pastor after pastor, traveling minister after traveling minister, individual after individual, that have told me one service they were in, save their church. One service or, or two or three services or one meeting they were in saved their ministry. Saved them from problems. Turned them around. Kept them from getting off into excess and, and problems. Why? As a supply. A supply of the Spirit. Some folks say, well, no, I, just, I just believe me and the Lord can take care of it. I, I'll just, I'm out here by myself and I'll pray and I'll seek God and I'll get everything I need. Well, no. No, you won't. God will talk to you. God will give you things that you need. God will minister to you. But there are some things he has ordained to minister to you through other members of the body. And if you don't accept it that way, you just will be deficient of it. You will not get it. You can pray and fast all you want. And you won't get it. Because God has ordained that it come through other members. Can you say amen? And that's not to knock any. You understand? It's not knocking anybody else's church or ministry. I mean, you just need to find out what God has hooked you to. I think some people. We live in an age where there's so much media and so much information, and I mean, you can sit down and watch how many different ministers and ministries on TV at one setting. You see, and if you're not careful, people are confused and diffused and spread out, and you got people they're trying to hook up with 25 different ministries. Are you listening? And they are at 25 different visions, different goals, and they wind up spreading themselves out so thin that they don't do any of them much good. You know what I'm saying? Well, they should be focusing in on what God has joined them to instead of joining themselves to a bunch of other things that God didn't tell them to do. Doesn't mean they're not good works. Doesn't mean they're not doing something for God. It just means God didn't join you to that. Do you understand? And you'll just be so much better off if you just stay with what God told you to do and minister the supply that God gives you and receive of the supply that God ministers to you. I want you to notice with me over here in Philippians. First chapter. How many believe in God with me today? You're helping me, right? I got a lot of things in my heart. Seems like it's been challenging to get it all out this week. But the Lord knows what we need. Amen. Amen. In Philippians 1 verse 19, Philippians 1:19, Paul said this, He said, "I know that this shall turn to my salvation through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. There is a supply of the Spirit." And we we just got through reading in Colossians 2 about how every member receives its supply and receives its nourishment through the joints and bands from the head. I mean, all of our nourishment, everything we need, when I say nourishment, I mean everything, spiritually, mentally, everything, physically, it all comes from the head, doesn't it? But it comes through other members, like we're saying. And, you know, you need to be sensitive to that. You need to understand that, that God has placed you in the body where he wants you to be. And he's placed the other members in the body around you. And it's God-ordained. And there's no need for you to get to over at some other group and say, Well, I'd like to be buddies with them and, and like to hook up directly with them. Well, you might could be friends with them, but did God join you directly to them? Don't think I'm, I'm sounding sectarianistic. Or I'm trying to promote schisms or divisions and saying, well, you know, we got nothing to do with you and you got nothing to do with us. All of us are the body of Christ. But, as I said this to you, there are certain parts of your body that very seldom directly contact other parts. Like, for instance, I said, you know, my, my, uh, left foot and my right ear have very little direct fellowship. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, once in a great while, my foot might get around to my ear, but but their self. Do you know what I'm saying? That doesn't mean the foot's not a part of the body. They are all a part of the body, but they hardly ever have any direct contact. See, there are certain parts of the body, you know they're part of the body. You love them, you appreciate them, you respect them, but you don't have any contact with them. You don't, you don't really have any interactivity with them. And that's all right. You're not supposed to feel guilty about that. But there are other parts of the body you're hooked directly to. You work with them every day. Isn't that right? And you are not supposed to get to the point where you don't like the parts that you're hooked up directly with, and you want to hook up with somebody else or some other thing. No. We said to you, you know, what if my right elbow... Got tired of fellowshipping with the forearm and the upper arm. And he said, I'm tired of this. I like those members up in the face. Those are the ones that get seen all the time. I want to fellowship with them. And, he, and what if he left and moved up here to the face? Well, you got an elbow right up here in the middle of your face. Trying to be a part and working. And now you got problems over in the arm. Isn't that right? Because no elbow. No, God has set the members in the body as it pleased him. And if it pleases him, it ought to please you. Amen. 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 And really, you know, God chooses our companions. Do you know that? Somebody said, well, I choose my own. That's probably your problem. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know if Jesus is really your Lord, if Jesus is really your Lord, and you are governed and directed by the head, you don't choose what church you go to. You can't choose when you want to leave it. You don't choose what career you do, what job you do. You don't, just, you don't just choose your friends or drop them when you get tired of them. See, that's people living their own life, doing their own thing, not letting Jesus be Lord in their life. You know, I get amused at folk. Well, I'm leaving the church. Well, I thought you said the Lord sent you here and joined you. Well, He did. Well, did He unhook you? Did He tell you to leave? Well, not exactly, but I'm just tired of this and I don't like this. Hey, if you leave, you're going to be AWOL absent without leave. I mean, how many know that Jesus is the captain of our salvation? And you have to wait till you get orders from headquarters. I mean, we talk about being soldiers in the army of the Lord, but is it really real? I mean, people like to talk about it when it's just some hype thing, but when it really gets down to real life, it's a different thing. You know, let's say you, you're a soldier in the army and you get sent to Antarctica and you don't like it up there. Well, can you just leave the next day? <laughs> you, can, you can, but you'll be in trouble. You'll be out of the will of the army. Isn't that right? And you can get court-martialed, you can get all, in all kinds of problems. Isn't that right? That's why a lot of folk are in problems. They're AWOL. They're out of the will of God. They left, the, the church left the place just because they got tired of it. You know, some people, it's not even so much that they got offended, they just got bored. And they're looking for something more exciting See, people think, well, I can decide where I want to go. And they church hop and whoever's got the the most well-known speaker, that's where they go and and all that stuff. I mean, you know, they just do what they want to do. They're not led by the Spirit. They don't have any decent consecration to the headship of Jesus. Are you listening? And then they wonder why they got so many problems in their life and kid themselves about being so spiritual. No, no, no. Where has God placed you? Get there and hook. Amen. Amen, And stay hooked. And let the supply come to you that God has ordained and also be the supply to others there that God ordained you to be. It's a reciprocal thing. And I know that the body parts, they help one another. Isn't that right? And they work together. That's what he's talking about. Through every joint, there's a mutual supply. Isn't that right? I mean, in a circulatory system, I mean, you know, the, the blood comes through, then it comes back through, and I mean, one member's helping another, and the, and the cells are working together, the muscle fibers are working together, the bones are working together, it's all functioning and flowing, and when every part's in its place, doing its job, the body can do marvelous things. Isn't that right? But you get a few parts quit, or a few parts pull in the opposite direction, you got mega problems. So, I mean, the the, the Lord tells us all through the epistles that that's the way the body of Christ is. It's just like a human body. Let's talk a little bit about this supply. The supply. As a member of the body, what are you supplying? And those that you're hooked up with, what are they supplying to you? Now, see, it's not just a one-way deal. You know, a lot of people like to focus in, well, well, I'm not getting anything, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm not going over there anymore because I'm not getting, you know, I'm not getting anything. Well, it's not just a one-way deal. What are you giving? You know, that's one thing we really need to get in the church, in the laity of the church, because so many people have this idea, well, you know, the preacher gets up and he does the job. And so people have a warped mentality, about what church and ministry is all about. People come into the church from the world, and see, they're used to going to a concert, paying money for a ticket, and getting in, and they sit out. Hey, they've done their part. They got ready. They drove out. They paid good money. Now, hey, do your job. Or making it to some public speaking deal, or whatever you know. And people have brought that into the church. You know, they act like, man, if they come through the door and put a dollar or two in the plate, man, you just sort of fall over with joy because, you know, hey, I'm here. I got up. I got ready. I got my kids ready. I got down here and I put a few dollars in the plate some charismatics have gone a little step further I mean at least they know that you're supposed to enter into the praise and worship they, they know you're supposed to lift your hand you're supposed to sing along you're supposed to help you know but, but most of them uh, once that's over they stop that's it you know that they, they sit down and think okay alright fine now preacher do your job but see that's, that's a worldly entertainment mentality In the meeting, there's supposed to be a supply. There's supposed to be a supply not just from a minister, from the Spirit of God through a minister. There's supposed to be a supply from every person in the seat. Are you listening? A supply coming. A supply. And it's not supposed to be just a person or two or three on the platform yielding to the Spirit, flowing with God, everybody else going, Ooh, ah, isn't that nice? They're flowing with the Spirit. So-and-so's prophesying. You see that? Oh, boy. Isn't that great? No. No. That's like screwing your head off and sitting it over here and the body sits down and watch it perform or something. No. I mean, it works together. Isn't that right? You don't just take off part of your body. Take a unscrew the arm and watch it do something and you just, you know, you're not involved. No. If your body's doing something, you're involved. The whole body is involved. I mean, you can't, you can't wiggle your toe without your whole body being involved. Is that right? It's the truth. I mean, everything is doing something to help contribute to that. And, old oh, friend, we talk about the anointing. We talk about the power of God. And we, we marvel sometimes at the anointing that God places on men and women's lives. And thank God for it. But there is a greater anointing. It's corporate anointing. Amen. I said, it's a corporate anointing. Amen. And it's what many of the people that God used mightily in what we call the healing move or healing revival of a few years ago, it's what they got into. Many of those big groups of people that would come together under the tents, they would come full of expectancy for miracles. Amen. Amen. And you could, you could just sense it in the cry. You could just sense it, you see. It was there. And it was not just an individual's faith. It was a mass faith. Amen. And a unity. And when you get that corporate anointing, then you have tremendous things happen. I mean, you have, you have amazing things happen. But many of the charismatics have been trained just teaching, teaching, teaching. They, they, that's about all they know, just teaching. Teaching. Come in, get your notebook, get your Bible, sit down, and okay, go. And if you could hear the sound spiritually all across the room, it'd be... Like a vacuum cleaner. And folks say, you know, we've got to draw on the gift. I don't know how much I like that phrase. Are you listening? I know one thing. I don't want people drawing on me. What do you mean, Brother i I'm not the source. I found this out by experience. If people get their eyes on me as a man, it hinders the anointing. It cuts things off. It hinders me. You understand what I'm saying? People need to get their eyes on the Lord. And they need to all be expecting. And they need to be contributing faith. Hallelujah. And the more that kind of situation you got, man, it'll free up your ministers. It'll free up manifestations of the Spirit. It'll free up things. I've been in situations more than once. Whether I was preaching and teaching and ministering, and I got to a point where I I knew in my heart the Spirit of God wanted to do some things but I couldn't quite get it. And when you got to that point and you started trying to get to it, everybody's eyes just went Like, is he going to be able to do it or not? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs)
1: Let's see. (laughs) It's
0: been pretty long now. I don't think he's going to be able to pull it out. (laughs) lot
1: of help that is.
0: (laughs) You know what I'm saying? But I've learned. I have learned. I tell you one reason I learned is because working in healing school. Now we also have the morning class and a lot of times we have a smaller group over there and I've I've taught over there several times. There's been cases where we had people that were very, very ill and even people that had all kind of mental problems and even demon problems and all kind of things. I've been preaching long, you know, and folk just fall out of their chair, go into convulsions and do all kind of things, you see. People that were breathing, you know, wanted to stop on them and problems like that. And when that happened, disrupts you see it interrupts the the whole thing and when it happens everybody will look at them and then they look at you (laughs)
1: like
0: and and they don't have to say anything it's like uh, come on me you the man do something If you had never been there, it's an uncomfortable spot. It's the hot seat. And, uh, and I, I did some things and made some mistakes and, you know, just a whole bunch of things. And finally the Lord began to te- teach me about some things. I guess he probably felt sorry for me. And, uh, <laughs> so I'll help him. And he said this to me. He said, in order for people to get help, you've got to get their eyes on me. Amen. Amen. And so I've been able to do that sometimes if something like that happened. I've had people, I've told them, I said, you know, let's just look to the Lord for a moment. You know, lift up your heart to the Lord and begin to look to him. Thank him for helping us. Praise him. It's not always easy to get people to do that. But if they'll do that, it opens the door. Like I said in services that I've been sometimes and and people get to looking at you and think, well, you know, what are you going to do? I've just I've just had everybody to stand up. Let's just stand up and let's get to praising God and worshiping God. And sometimes do it for 15 minutes. Just, you know, just worship God, worship God. But many times, if you stay with it long enough for people to really forget about you, and forget about their self, and forget about other people, and really get their eyes and their mind on the Lord, I mean not once or twice, many times things begin to come. Revelation begins to come. Manifestation of the Spirit begin to come through you, and then you could ministry it out. But you see, if folk get to looking at you too much, it just locks the whole thing down. So when we're talking about that God ministers to us through parts of the body, that doesn't mean that you're to look to that part of the body or put any pressure or demand on people for your needs. If you are putting pressure on people, you're not in faith. Did you get that? I said if you're putting pressure on people, you're not in faith. You know, Let me just use this example of money. It's something that sometimes ministers have gotten into that, you know, if they need money, they think they have to work it out of the crowd. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I've even heard some foolish ministers that actually boast about how they could work a crowd. And friend, it's true psychologically. You can do things, and you can, you know, I mean, there are people in the world that are fundraisers. Not even saved. Are you listening? They talk a poor person out of their last dollar. Fast talker. Smooth operator. But friend, that's not the way things are to be done in the church. If God doesn't deal with people, you just leave them alone. That's it. If you're in faith, you don't put pressure on people. I know mean, what I'm talking about. You if you're in faith about something, you don't put any pressure on anybody to do anything. You just you're trusting God, you're depending on Him to do it. You have this kind of attitude. If God doesn't do it, it won't get done. Amen. That's it. And and that's rest. That's rest. Peace. Not human labor and work. And it's true concerning your emotional needs. How many times have my wife and I have talked with married people? And this one is saying, well, I have needs, and they don't do this for me, and they don't help me with this, and, they don't, and I need, I need, and they're pulling on their spouse. And the other one is saying, well, I have needs too, and they're pulling. Again, if you're in faith, you don't put pressure on people, you don't pull on people. And so many people in their marriage relationship, they're not in faith. Oh, they've been praying, but they're uh, they're yet to pray in faith. Are you listening? When you get in faith, you quit pulling on people. You don't pull on them. You don't pressure them. You don't try to coerce them in any shape, form, or fashion. You're depending on God to deal with them and friend, I've had people say "Well, I, if I've told him something if I've told him that I've told him a thousand times and I've tried my best for the last 15 years get that man to do right he just won't do it. and I said well you, honey you proved that won't work <laughs> I mean if you have done it for 15 years wake up it's not working <laughs> so quit it stop it what are we gonna do now? Now we're gonna get in faith. They yes. used to have to duck when you say that because yeah. well, I, I paint sometimes all I, I didn't say anything about praying. I said get in faith. Amen. Get in faith. That's one of the tougher things you'll do is get in faith about relationships that really perturb you. Because one of the main things that you'll have to do is you'll have to keep your mouth shut you will not be able to talk to them about it. And when they do things that make you mad, you'll just have to go, hmm. And when they keep doing it and it makes you so mad that if you think you're going to explode, you have to smile and go, uh, excuse me, I'll be back later. And you have to go and shut the door in your bedroom and you have to go, thank you Lord for dealing with them. Thank you, Lord, for working on this situation. Thank you, Lord. I've turned it over to you. I can't touch it. I can't fool with it. I've turned it over to you. If you don't, you won't get results. How many know what we're talking about? Faith. Faith for relationships. A lot of folk, a lot of charismatics that's got everybody in their brother's tape series. They still... Don't know beans about faith. It's just the truth. Thank God, if you get in faith, you get results. But if it was just real easy, everybody'd be doing it. Right? It's challenging. It is. Anyway, how, how do we get off on another? man? I, I got notes everywhere I've been trying to get to, and I just keep taking all these side journeys. It's, You know, if you hang around people long enough, they say that spirit rubs off on you. And Brother Hagin, that's all he does is take side journeys. But that's good company. So many times the side journeys is God ministering to people specifically right where they are. You know, I used to say this all the time. I used to say, well, that's not my message, but, you know. But one day the Lord was dealing with me in prayer. And he said to me, he said, son, if I give you that, uh, then he said, that's your message. <laughs> See, what you got on your paper, forget. <laughs> this is the message. See, so what, what I was saying is, this is the message, but I'm adding some, some other little things. No, God says, if I give you that, that's the message. Forget this. <laughs> right? If the Lord says it's the message... That's the message. Right? So I begin to change my thinking a little bit. I asked you the question, I said, what are you supplying to other members that you're hooked up with? And what are you receiving from them? We talked about the fact that you need to be careful about what, you know, who you're hooked up with because whoever you're hooked up with, you are partaking of what they have. You do realize that, don't you? You do. The Bible says, He that walks with wise men shall be wise himself. A companion of fools will be destroyed. 1 Corinthians 15 uh, says that evil communications corrupt good manners. Now, what does that mean? Well, that's the same thing your mama told you. Don't run with that crowd, son. It'll rub off on you. If you associate with certain people, you're going to pick up things from them. Say what you want to. You will. Don't think that you can just fellowship closely and continually with folk and them not affect you at all. That's a lie. And you need to govern your fellowship with people according to the direction of the Spirit. Now, I'm not just talking about that you just just govern it based on what they give you because it's reciprocal. Sometimes you may not be getting that much out of a relationship, but you are able to put something in. Look with me over here in uh, Ephesians, where we read in the fourth chapter earlier. We read in verse 15 and 16. We want to see what kind of supply of the Spirit there is from you and from others to you, and how that you need to be conscious of that. In Ephesians 4 15, he said this, he said, But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him and all things which is the head even Christ. Here in a nutshell is the best supply. How can you supply people and what do you supply them with? You know, I asked several years ago when I first really started speaking very much to people and I just kind of went from not being any kind of a minister to getting a chance to speak to quite a few people in a pretty short period of time and I found myself sometimes you know, just seeking the Lord and saying, Lord, you know, man, I I just don't seem like I know enough to to say much to people, you know, and and the Lord had been teaching me about some things and, and I said, well, now, Lord, you know, I realize that it's possible to minister death to people from the pulpit with Bible verses. Now, did you realize that? Somebody said, well, not with Bible verses. Yeah. The Bible says the letter of the word kills. Is that right? I mean, you can take Bible verses and minister condemnation to people. And that ministers death. And they'd have been better off if they hadn't seen you that day. Even though you quoted 25 scriptures. I've I've actually heard people they talk like this ministers talk like this they said well you know it's just my job to tell people the truth you know and it just falls where it falls if they don't like it they don't like it it's not my problem it's my job to tell them the truth wrong I said wrong that's a lousy stinky attitude it's more to it than just telling people the truth more to all of God's word is truth but you can emphasize a good thing at the wrong time and cause harm. You can emphasize a good thing in the wrong way. Put too much emphasis on this, not enough on the other. So you've got to be led by the Spirit. And I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, I'm just, I'm just a young man and don't know much. And how can I keep from ministering death to people? I mean, what uh, help me, Lord, show me what to do so I can be sure that I'm always ministering life and not ministering death. The Lord spoke to me very clearly, very distinctly. He said, always speak the truth in love and you'll always minister life. Now that's simple, but friend, that's it. That's that's it. That's right. If you'll always speak the truth. Well, now what is truth? Jesus said, thy word is truth. So you don't just speak your opinions or your ideas or philosophies. Speak the word. Speak the truth. But it doesn't end there. Speak it how? In In love. Now, boy, that separates a lot of folk right there. Oh, they can, they can tell the truth, but can you tell it in love? Well, that's just the truth, but that's all. I'm just telling you the truth. Yeah, but where's the love? Takes more than just truth. Well That's just my job to lay it out. i just tell them the truth. And that's all. That No, no, no. Speak the truth in love. That means sometimes, even though you know some things, you don't say them. At least sometimes, even though you know that you need to say some things, you, you pray about it half the night before you do. Amen. Trying to see how to say it. Yeah. What to do. Yeah. Amen. And yes, Lord, you know, to, to help things to work out right. You know, because you don't want to hurt people. You want to help people. You want to encourage them. You want to edify them and build them up. Amen. You don't want them to take things the wrong way. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. need to be careful about what you say. We're talking about a supply. See, friend, your words are containers. They have something in them. And you're ministering to people all the time through your words, aren't you? You're giving a supply of something to them out of you. It's either life or death. It's either unbelief or faith. It's either encouragement or discouragement. What are you supplying to them? What are you ministering to them? And what are they ministering to you? Well, we do need to think about it. You know, the danger is in the folk that sit and say, well, every word I say is full of truth and love. Really? You wish? How many, how many would be honest enough to admit and say that you have ministered hurtful things to people? You've supplied them with things that discourage them and hurt them? And added to their defeat. Are you listening? Did you know that's a serious thing? Let me tell you how serious it is. 1 Corinthians 3.16 God says those that destroy my temple will I destroy. Friend it doesn't get much more serious than that. God does not take kindly to anybody doing damage to his body. Is that right? And see, we're right back to our text, aren't we? Discerning the body of Christ. Friend, before you do anything harmful or hurtful to the body of Christ, you better think twice and three times and five times and pray about it. Amen. And check it out. And then make the right decision not to. Look on down in this passage here in Ephesians 4 and notice what he said. In verse 25. He talked about being renewed in the spirit of your mind and putting on the new man, etc. That is walking in the spirit rather than walking in the flesh. And in verse twenty-five, he says, "Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another." So all this goes together, doesn't it? You know how many members the Bible says a lot about your neighbor. You know, love your neighbor. Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. A lot about the neighbor. And, you know, one lawyer was tempting Jesus one time, and he said, you know, what's the great commandment? And he told him, among them, he said, you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. And and he looked at him and said, okay, who is my neighbor, though? You know, obviously, he's been treating somebody bad, and he was trying to justify himself. (laughs) Trying to say, well, they're not my neighbor. I don't have to love them. And so Jesus told him the story of the good Samaritan. Did you know who the neighbor was? The neighbor was the man that happened to be there and ministered to him. You know who your neighbor is? Whoever you happen to be around. Amen? Amen. You need to be sensitive to people that you happen to be around. Amen. Your neighbors. Anybody there around. I pray this on a regular basis. When I get up in the morning, I say, Lord, order my steps. Direct my paths. Guide me. Cause me to cross everybody's path that you would, and them to cross my path, and make me a blessing to them. Amen? Amen? And I believe my steps are ordered of the Lord. I don't believe I just, you know, things happen and they don't look like they were planned, but I believe that God's ordering things and directing things. And oftentimes you can look back over past situations, you can realize you thought you just stumbled into somebody or you just happened to say, but you realize it wasn't. God ordained it. He was directing it all the time. Just because you didn't have something planned doesn't mean God didn't have anything planned. And whoever you find yourself around, in whatever situation you find yourself in, you need to be conscious of this fact, what am I supplying to whoever I'm around? Because you're full of something and you're supplying something. He goes on down in this verse of Scripture here, verse 27, he says, Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands a thing that's good that he may have to give to him that needs." He's still talking about supplying, isn't he? See, we don't just supply spiritual things, we supply physical things, natural things. So we need to get a revelation ourselves, not being a reservoir, but being a pipeline, a conduit, amen, a supply line. Get rid of the reservoir mentality. You know, the, the Bible talks about inspiration and revelation and illumination and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You know what inspiration means, don't you? It means breathing in inspiration expiration and we all want inspiration don't we how many want inspiration and how many know you got to have some expiration too or it doesn't work let's just do a little test here real quickly when I tell you to begin I want you to start inhaling and I don't want you to exhale till I tell you to are you ready inhale more more
1: more more Oh, <laughs> exhale. You already have, most of you.
0: What happens? What happens? The further you go without exhaling, the less you can take in. Is that right? You know, I think we've got a lot of charismatic meeting goers. And I've heard some of them because they say, well, you know, I used to get a lot out of those seminars and those meetings, but I don't seem to get too much anymore. They just tell, you know, I actually, heard one person said, well, Brother Hagen just tells the same old stories all the time. I've heard all those stories. Well, <laughs> you know, I figure that when we get some of those things, he'll tell something else if he wants to. <laughs> when we get it. I said, when we get it. When? Because I know I know enough about him and heard enough of his things, and even some things he said personally that to know that he's got all kinds of things he's never taught. It's not because he's got a shortage of material. It's because folk not getting it. And if folk don't get it, there's no need going on anything else till you get it. You don't go to second grade till you pass first. Is that right? That poor dear sister, you know. So, so didn't even realize that. Well, you know, I've already heard that. Well, hadn't got it though. And I think what some of these people are doing—they've gone around from meeting to meeting, going. Shh, shh, shh. And now, after several years of doing that and not giving out, not supplying anybody with anything, now they're sitting in a chair, blue around the gills, going. Hoo-h-h-h-h-h-h-h. And they leave and say, I just didn't get anything out of that. <laughs> well, I guess not. What do they got to do? They got to go out to their neighbor and breathe out. Amen. And minister. Minister of the things that God's put in them and blessed them and given them. And then if you're really, how many know what knows what you can do when you really empty yourself? then what can you do you can go in the meeting and go boy yeah. well, you can receive isn't that right I mean you can receive you can get a load of benefits but then if you want more you got to go out and supply so we have to get rid of the mentality of reservoir and understand supply line supply line can you say amen Oh, glory to God. Notice what it says down here, and I'm closing. In verse 29, he said, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. See, he's still talking about what he's talking about over there in verse 14 and 15 with the body and all the parts being nourished and fed from the head, isn't he? everything you say you need to check it and say is this coming from the head of the church or not is this influenced by the spirit of God or is this influenced by wrong spirits because whatever you yield to you're going to minister a supply of life or death depending on whatever you're yielding to either the spirit of God or wrong spirits there's a supply through every member and different members have a different supply it's all the same holy ghost but each member has a different supply. And what we need to do is not just look at somebody else and be jealous of what they do and, and want to have a supply just like theirs, because if all had the same supply, the body would be deficient in everything else. I mean that's what he said. I mean if the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? If you're going to be successful, you have to understand things like Brother Hagin. I believe one of the reasons why he's been successful and the Lord's been able to use him like he has is because early in life and ministry he realized what his area was and what his place was and he's functioned in that and flowed in that. I don't know whether you realize or not but he doesn't get on a lot of things. And it's not because he doesn't know anything about it but he's not anointed in those areas. And so he leaves it alone. God told him, Go teach my people faith. And see, there's been a supply of that through him. Amen. Now, that's not all the supply that we need. We need all kind of things. I mean, there's other things in the Bible besides faith. But he's emphasized that flow. And he's been a vessel for there to be a copious supply of faith through. And I thank God for it. But, you know, there's a lot of things he doesn't get on and try to minister and try to supply because he's not anointed in those areas. He's just one member. He's not all the body. But you need to find out what your supply is. Don't try to blow it up into some super spectacular thing or something that draws attention to you. But what is it? You know, it mostly falls under the areas of edification, exhortation, and comfort, which has to do with the flow of the spirit of prophecy. But you know, there's something you can do. There's something you can do that helps and aids the body. Encouragement. Strengthening. Amen. Different kinds of of wisdom or knowledge or help. Natural things. Spiritual things. Soulical things. Whatever. You have a supply. You have a supply. You have a supply. There's a healing supply. Amen. Now, one thing that I think sometimes people make a mistake in is they, you know, I've said this to some of our other people, our ministers, and, and some of our students and graduates and what have you, that we, we respect Brother Hagen and we ought to. And want to emulate him and be like him in, in many ways. And that's all right to a degree. But you also have to remember this, that we're not all the same member. And we've had a lot of uh, people graduate from the school and go out, and try to be the kind of ministry that Brother Hagin is, and they're not. That's not what they're called to. In fact, you've got a lot of people that are trying to be a prophet in a measure, and they're not. Now, there's, th- there's some things you can learn about the character of a man and integrity and, and those things, but when it comes to ministry, it either is or it ain't. You have to find out what you are and what your grace is and what your call is, and you have to be you in the Lord. And not just try to be like somebody else. Do you know what happens if you try to be just like somebody else? You imitate their faults? <laughs> you really do because it's carnal and you're natural and you gravitate to natural. You want to find out what supply that you're supposed to minister. Amen. Well, praise God, Why don't you stand up.